What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 115, coming at you a little bit late. We had some, uh, we are we are recording this from a undisclosed location somewhere in the Northeast, and uh, we've had a, had a bit of weather the last couple of days, and, and sometimes we record together in the same location, sometimes we record remotely. Uh, and I kind of changed it up. I said remotely last minute. I was like, nah, let's do it in person. I'll, I'll, I'll head back home. And well, weather had a different idea and I ended up getting delayed and then work schedules and, you know, we're here better late than never. And, uh, you know, things happen. So hopefully y'all don't mind. We'll get to get us Thursday morning instead of Wednesday morning, but we, uh, we haven't changed days or anything. We will do our best to get it to you by Wednesday morning, the latest as usual, but it's a slight delay. As long as there's no more nor'easters, we should be we should be fine. But you can't bank on that in the northeast. All right, on episode one fifteen, we have some baseball news. I think this is the first time we've actually had more baseball topics than football. Although, we'll be more football heavy due to the topics involved in football. Uh, they're a little bit more uh, impactful, uh, including uh, a certain thing happening this coming Sunday. Uh, Not sure what that is. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a Pro Bowl or something. Um, but we're gonna start off with baseball. Uh, the, the league um, is already. <laughs> the owners have already sent a uh, proposal to the players' union for a 154 game season that is going to start later than scheduled. Uh, the players' union, of course. Shot this down. Uh, that proposal also would end the season in November for some reason. Uh, it 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 was shot down, and as of now, there's no negotiations. Uh, they are going to start the season on time and play full 162. As of now, I'm not even gonna guess what they're gonna do until we get to <laughs> until I see pitchers and catchers report and there's no delays. I'm not even attempting because last year. How many times did you and I come on here? No, oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're going to do that. This season's never going to work. It's never going to last. It, it, and every time it was, oh, 17 people got COVID? Eh, whatever. We're just going to quarantine them and keep playing. Right. So if they were going to go through all that last year and they still played in what was a, a full 60-game season, uh, apparently they haven't taken that as a clue. The season's too long and uh, perhaps shorten it a little bit. They tend to play a full 162, and no one's going to pay attention until probably about 40 games left. But you you know what this is about, right? About money. Yeah. Dude, I mean, you it's really have to about. ask that. It's all it's always been about. All the arguing last year is all about money. Their, their, their concern is that at any point the commissioner can come out and not guarantee the end of the season. He can end the season, and the rest of their money that they would potentially get will not come to them. Even though – He's made no indication that he'll do that. He did not do that last year. He, uh, who I'm referring to, is Rob Manford, which I'm not a fan of, and I know <laughs> you're not yeah. his number one yeah. uh, fan That's, either. Yeah, no. But he did. He, you know, he didn't. He did the best he could with what he had in these negotiations last year. I mean, it's it's stunning that we're beginning of February. And we're already having the conversation is, are they going to start on time? And one side clearly doesn't want to start on time. 
I am out of the prediction game with the MLB. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, y'all, y'all figure your stuff out. Let me know. Because this is ridiculous that you're having these discussions. And let's not forget, this is the, I believe this is the last year of the CBA. For those that don't know, it's collective bargaining agreement, which is the agreement between the players union and uh, the league and owners and stuff for how certain things are done. But yeah, man, uh, <laughs> first of all, they're never going to, they won't shut down the end of the season. Because the way things are, are trending right now, um, I'm we're not even going to get into a lot of the things surrounding COVID. Uh, but I guess things are looking up. I mean, magically, it is what it is. Um, so it's like a wand just kind of. Yeah, it's it's woo. it's amazing. It, it's amazing, and all of a sudden, some things were just figured out just like that. But uh, the way we're going, uh, I mean, we're already talking about increasing the number of people in, in, in the stands for for the Super Bowl, you know, a week after they said there was a limit of so many. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be fans in stands for some of these games, and it's looking like you could have a significant amount of fans in the stands for the latter part of the season, the playoffs, the World Series. There's no way they cancel that and kill that revenue source. So if they're not going to delay the start of the season, unless there is a massive, ridiculous uptick in cases and another outbreak. This season's gonna be played all the way through. It'll be like last time, they'll be testing. Any problems, you know, they gotta be quarantined for so long and then it'll come back. But yeah, I mean, okay. Let's let's see. Uh it's it's good idea to, you know, finally start having these discussions in early February when pitchers and catchers are, I don't know, very, very close to reporting already. Yeah. Or and some are already ramping it up. Some are yeah, some. I mean most players have already been practicing it, you know, on their own in, in, in the off season. It's um you know, we're not gonna we're gonna move on to the next topic pretty quick, but it, it's it's more more of the same with baseball, not prepared. Things can't be kept a secret. So if they were talking about these things beforehand, before this, we would everybody would know about it. And, and just to, to finish off, remember what happened with the 49ers uh, when they got shut out of playing at yeah, home? Yeah, right. You you don't think that's possible? With California and the sure. way they are. And that's three baseball three baseball, yeah, three baseball teams playing in California. I know it was only uh, the, the general area where right. uh, the 49ers play, but it could happen. And now you need, but you need contingencies. It could happen, but if you ask the uh, Toronto Blue Jays last year, you only need like four hours to find a place to play baseball because the league didn't even have approval to have them play in Canada and then cross the border back and forth to the U.S. And are they uh, are they figuring that one out yet? I don't know, honestly. That's a good question. Oh. I didn't even look, I, I was didn't even look that up in my research for the show. I, I, I yeah, I'm gonna look that up. I'll get back to you next episode. We'll get back to you because I don't sure, know. I'm sure there'll be nothing, but I'm sure they'll figure it out about 12 minutes before the first pitch, and then be like, "Oh no, well we're gonna postpone this one because we can't legally play here." No, when they're stopped at the border, and everybody's like, "No, no, you can't come in." <laughs> okay, no, um, this is MLB not knowing how to handle their business. Uh, the only reason this is okay would be okay is if they legitimately, legitimately already have. You know, every intent to play a full season, yeah. And the owners were just like, "Hey, if we did this a little bit differently, maybe." And the players were like, "No, we're not. We're not getting into the details. We're playing. Let's just go with it as it is." If that's the case, and there's no more talk about this, cool. 
if it's more back and forth for six months or three months, like it was last time, you're not going to hear a whole lot about it on this show. I tuned out. Because, yeah, we're just going to – somebody gets traded, somebody something happens, somebody gets signed, we'll bring it up. Um, we're not – we're not going to do another season of As MLB Turns with the front offices and the players' union. So There's plenty of stuff for uh, off-season football that we can discuss. Oh, absolutely. We can do a top 10 list till we're blue in the face. Yeah. Um, speaking of MLB front office, a couple of months ago, we did a, uh, a question. Who is the coolest MLB player of all time? Or in your lifetime, yeah. I should say. I chose David Ortiz. Well, you know who I picked. Big Poppy. You chose... The guy who's the topic of this segment, Ken Griffey Jr. And why is he relevant? Well, besides being like low key one of the handful of greatest players ever step on the field, he is the new senior advisor for the commissioner of Major League Baseball. This is only weeks after uh, the league named uh, Theo Epstein, also under the age of 70, which is very rare in baseball front office. Uh, I forgot his exact title, but essentially, like, uh, an, another advisor. Yeah. I think Griffey's is more official as senior advisor to the commissioner, but Theo probably has more of a jack-of-all-trades behind-the-scenes kind of thing. I mean, look, they're trying to increase the cool factor. I think that was actually their direct quote. I think it was something, uh, let's see. Yeah, cool factor. Back to baseball. Uh, I mean, this is this is how to do it if they're going to do it. You bring in... Young people, young players, young management who respect what the game was, but know it has to change and can bring some of those positive elements to the game. Griffey's the perfect guy for this. He's always been, even when he was super famous, he was still low key. He's not going to be out there making any grandiose suggestions to try to, you know, get the spotlight on him. He is going to be giving his real opinion on things he thinks can improve the game. Will it work? Who knows? But if if Griffey the executive is as good as Griffey Jr. the player, baseball's got a bright future. I I like the move. I looked up to Griffey when he was playing. God, that swing. Nice. Swing, oh, the man. Perfect swing, and, and he caused riffles when he wore his backwards hat at the home run derby. And... That's what you kind of need. You kind of need someone to come in and, and, and shake the tree a little bit and get some of the, uh, the dead branches out and let these young kids who are appealing to, potentially appealing to young fans, to kind of show what they have. Show their personality. And we, we bring it back to kind of the, the same players over and over. It's It's Francisco Lindor. It's Javier Baez. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. Those are the kind of players you want to promote. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, not really a lot to talk about, about as far as this Griffey thing goes because it, it's a good thing and we look forward to uh, seeing what he can do. But one of the players you just mentioned, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, got some uh, got some hot water, I guess you could say, with some of the old guard from baseball last year. What was it for or something? Like he hit a grand slam when the team was up by so many points or whatever. I don't know what it was. Or it was a stolen base. No, was, I think he stole third or something. It was some ridiculous thing where. It's an unwritten rule. Yeah, it was an unwritten rule. And um, 
you know, it was it was a young player who's hungry, who's trying to get stats, who's trying to prove himself, trying to make a play. And uh, I believe they were playing the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers were not prepared, or they didn't stop him because they just they didn't make the play. And their manager was butthurt about how this young kid doesn't respect the rules of the game. Well, baseball has apparently uh, decided that Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, is the way to go. And I think this may have something to do with Mr. Epstein and some younger people getting into the front office. Um, because he is the cover athlete for MLB 21 to show the video game. Uh, not a Not a sponsor. Um, but hey, we're available. Hit us up. We'll start talking a little more. Yeah, we, we got some baseball. slots open. No big deal. Yeah, I I love. I actually I really do like that game. I get it every couple of years, but uh, it it is fun. Um, but I could get it every year if you hit <laughs> us up on bctspod.com. No, in all seriousness, uh, enough of the shameless plugs. Um, this is really good. And the actual trailer for the game, which is the reason we're bringing it up. We're not trying to, you know, shill to video games. It's, uh, we're, we're trying to get the point across that some of this old guard, the unwritten rules, some of it's cool. Some of it, you know, there's, there's a core of it that makes baseball what it is. And then there's part of it that's just stupid. And a young player trying to make a name for himself, making a play, regardless of the score, is not worth to start changing the unwritten rules you want to start changing unwritten rules or, or or reversing things that have happened have starters forget the openers forget the openers that's ruining baseball that's killing arms that's driving attention away from the game i want to see i know i'm a red sox fan i want to see garrett cole go out there and pitch seven innings and strike out 15 people I don't want to see Joe Schmo go out there and throw 15 pitches, two-thirds of an inning, and then have a series of nine people follow him and they complete the game. No excitement. Don't care. Tune it out. Won't watch. It's a, it's a memory. It's a, exactly. It it's a memory. So, it's, it's Pedro mowing down. Exactly. Was it 19? I think it was most was 17. But, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 there's no memory in watching. I went to the game live. And I saw the Rays opener throw two-thirds of an inning, and he got a strikeout and a pop-up. Said no one ever. Ever. You want want memories? You hit big home runs. You make big plays in the field. You speed the game up. You make it exciting. You have people like Fernando Tatis Jr. just be able to be themselves. This kid isn't doing anything wrong. He's excited. He's an excitable player. He's not someone that I know of who has uh, uh, any, any legal issues or anything like that where you wouldn't want your kids, you know, watching him or or, or trying to emulate his swing or, or, or you know, look up to him. Um, no problems that I know of as far as that goes. Uh, and he wants the spotlight. He wants to take it. Yeah. Guys like Mookie Betts and Mike Trout, hey, seem like really good dudes. They don't have the personality to be the face of the game. This kid wants to take the torch. Let him take the torch and run. I mean, I mean, case in point, Francisco Lindor just got traded to the New York Mets. New York is the biggest market. I mean, that is that is highlight material for MLB right there to have one of their most attractive stars yep. in one of their biggest cities. Absolutely. But even with that said, 
Fernando Tatis plays with San Diego. And he is one of the most recognizable faces in Major League Baseball. And it's because of the way he is, the way he presents himself, the way he comes off on the field. What is he, 21? 21. He's real young, too. He's yeah, got a he bright is, future. He is. He could be what Mike Trout and, and Mookie Betts should have been early on in their career. And the sky's the limit. This is essentially this is what um, – I can't remember his name. He turned 22 just past January 2nd, so. Um, not Felix Fernandez. Um, I, I, I'll, uh, Fernandez um, with the uh, Marlins. This this is this is who, who Fernandez uh, should have been and wasn't, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but good move by MLB. Uh, this is... This is one of the guys you want taking the torch and, and carrying you into the next, I mean, with his age, 10, 12, 15 yeah. years. So, and that'll, and that'll, and that'll, what that'll do, Chris, is show younger kids what they can do in the game. Yeah. And, and what they can do on the field, not just, you know, batting, hitting, uh, fielding, but, bring some attitude, positive attitude, and a little edge to the game that it kind of needs because besides the bat flip, what edge is there in the game anymore? Nothing. The home it, run is 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 basically devolved into just another hit. And if you hit 40 home runs, it's almost an, it's almost a given now you hit below 200. I mean, Joey Gallo. Yeah. And look where his career's gone. Not, not many places. He'll probably be able to be a DH for the next 10 years, but he's going to have an average of like 140 over his career. I mean, I'm sure his bank account isn't going to complain about it, but but I mean, and, and to your point, yeah, when, when you're watching, when kids are watching and they see an exciting player like Fernando Tatis Jr. and they watch him play and they see he's playing with passion, they see he's playing aggressively, and yeah, he's a little, he's, you know, colorful, whatever, with, with you know, some of his, his antics and I don't even call him antics. I don't have antics. Because it's just excited. I think it's genuine excitement it's to like, just, you know, you make the play and you jump up and you're happy and you're showing emotion. Emotion more than antics. Yeah, antics was the wrong word. But if you're a kid and you see that, oh, yeah, maybe next time you go outside with your friends when you're not staring at your 15 devices or when you can play with your friends. God, what a weird time we live in. Um, You might just, even if you're playing wiffle ball or – or, or, or with a tennis ball, you might try to play a little baseball. Maybe. Maybe. But if you see a guy throwing a ball three times every five minutes and, you know, one guy pops a home run and just kind of jogs, runs around the bases and just jogs back to the dugout and gets a high five. If you're a kid, you're like, well, this is lame. I'm going to go watch LeBron. Screw this. <laughs> like, right. I'm going to go watch somebody who can actually, you know, I don't know, entertain me. Not just watch him hit a ball or throw a ball, and then just go sit down on a bench somewhere. Like it's it's or or watch uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exciting plays. Exactly. Yep. With his you know ridiculous arm angles. It's it's and 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 the problem MLB has is there's only a few. There's only a few players like that. 
look up. We we went over this. We went over this last year. It's like when when you had me rattle off. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but rattle me off these players that are appealing. Yeah, NBA and NFL, like just just boom, 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 and then MLB. Is like, but here's the thing: you only need a few of those players if you market them right. Right. If you market them appropriately, there's only one batch of Mahomes. I mean, you have other players who are very successful. You, you, yeah, you can market Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, you can market Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and those are just the quarterbacks. And then there's receivers, and you know, let, let's be honest, when it comes to the face of a franchise, it's a lot easier to market a quarterback than just about any other position. Not that you can't, but it's just easier. Right. With baseball, you can have. I mean, look. Mike Trout should be the face of this league. Should be. Mike Trout is a generational talent, and his numbers at, at his age are on par to give just about every major stat record a run for their money. Maybe not the home run record overall, but just about every other, you know, total bases and and you know doubles and RBIs and all this other stuff. All of the stuff we named a couple episodes ago for Hank Aaron, or last episode for Hank Aaron, Trout's got a chance to break, and not only break but break while he's still relatively in his prime and people who aren't baseball fans don't know who Mike Trout is. I can say LeBron to my mom. She knows who LeBron James is. Right. I can mention Tom Brady. Now that's a bad example because we live in new England, but I can mention Drew Brees. I could mention Patrick Mahomes. She knows who those players are. If I say Mike Trout, she may, I mean, she may know who he is because I'm her son and I probably talked about him before. But your average everyday person who isn't, who doesn't have those things discussed around them or looks into them, doesn't have any idea who this guy is. As great as he is, right? That's uh, it. That's you could put him on a commercial, and people would be like, "Who's that?" How how do you have your most talented, pure talent in the league, and he's not marketed in any effective way? The guy Mookie Betts, Mookie's nice. Mookie's a great kid, but he's quiet. Doesn't want the spotlight off the field. Nope. Tatis does. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to Lindor. Give it to these young players who really, really want it. It can make this game interesting again. All right. We're going to switch it up from the future to one of the guys who is now, unfortunately, in the past of baseball. Nothing happened to him. He's not, you know, he's still alive. Uh, Dustin Pedroia, Red Sox. I'm going to say a Red Sox legend. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the most beloved players in the franchise's history. Uh, called it a career yesterday, retired at the age of 37. I do know that, by the way, because he and I share the exact same birthday, exact same year, um, which isn't really anything spectacular, but I decided it was funny. I was at Fenway one day watching a game, and I looked up and I saw my birthday on the board, and I'm like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, it was Dustin Pedroia's bio. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. That's, that's kind of cool. Um, but, I mean, this guy, three-time World Series champion, um, just one of those guys where even if his numbers weren't great and during his prime, they were, they were pretty damn good. Won the MVP in 2008. Great soundbite. Great guy. Could have left the Red Sox a couple years after he really broke out. Could have made a boatload of money. Signed a very team. I mean, he made good money. Don't get me wrong. But a very team friendly contract. Um, there's nothing about this guy, if you're a true Red Sox fan, you just don't love. 
My question to you, uh-huh. knowing all you know about Petey, the laser show, one of the other 15 nicknames the guy had throughout his career, the laser show is still my favorite, though. Yeah, that was that was just a great interview. Uh, if you haven't seen it, type up Dustin Pedroia laser show on YouTube or something. It's not a long clip, but it, it's funny. Um, All you know about all the goings on with how we decide Hall of Famers. Is Dustin Pedroia a Hall of Famer? Is he or will he get in? Is he? Is he? No, he's not. See, I struggled with this one. He's borderline. Yeah, I struggled with that one too. Too many years where he was injured and yeah, it's just not enough. Red Sox Hall of Famer. Red Sox Hall of Famer all day. And I would not have any complaint if they retired number 15. No. Uh, because few players have had more of an impact on a team during their hot period than he had. Right. Problem is, when they won in 07, he wasn't he was a, a key rookie. player. Although he was, he did get rookie of the year. He was actually there were there was there was discussion. Um, I know I know you don't let me bring it up, but uh, discussion on uh, sports radio that Cora should have been playing ahead of Pedroia. That's Alex Cora, right? But Tito stuck. Tito Francota stuck with him, and look what happened. Yeah, laser show. Right. Um, well, what I mean by that is he didn't have astronomical numbers. Right. Rookies of the year often don't, unless you're a freaking age like Albert Pujols. <laughs> and I mean that in a positive way. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, he can next year he won the uh, MVP of the American League. But didn't have a monster season in 07 when they won the World Series. Yeah, obviously he played a part, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, we won because of him. Last one they won against the Dodgers in 18 is one of the three they count. I don't think I don't know if he stepped on the field that year. I don't think he did. If either. he did, it wasn't for very long. He was injured, so he didn't have any on-field part in that. So it was really just thirteen, which he was a big part of. But talk about being a really big part of one World Series run. None of the other numbers really support and say, yeah, he's in. He will get in, however. Yeah, that's that's why I asked. Yeah, because he has an MVP. Right. He has three World Series attached to his name. Yep. And the big one, which we discussed last time, zero, zero ties to anything performance-enhancing. And as far as I know, he may not have been Mr. Friendly, but he had a pretty decent relationship with all the reporters. This this is where um, the fourth category comes into play. Uh, He has some great relationships with some reporters. Yeah. A little... A couple of the reporters a little bit too much as far as, like, treating him higher than what he is. Like, I love Petey. I love what he did. Oh, absolutely. But there's a couple of reporters in, specific to the New England-Boston area. Who, well, they're flakier if, than a Crescent Roll anyway, right, so. You ask them, is he a Hall of Famer? They, they'll unequivocally say yes. And I don't mean, I don't mean a Red Sox Hall of Famer, so. But he'll get in. He'll get the votes. It may take a couple years. Because uh, obviously it's five years before right. he gets on the ballot. So yeah, he's not talking. a first ballot guy. No way. No way. He may get it if there's nobody else that year. Because they're just bound to determine to have their, you know, the gatekeepers keep everybody out who's ever heard the word PED. I think there'll be enough people at that time to just say, hey, you know, 
Because I believe, this is what I believe. I believe some of them look at first timers and say, okay, is that player worthy of that title? Right. It's as crazy as it sounds. Because we went over this already. They prevented anybody from getting 100%. Right. For many years yep. for one reason. Because Babe Ruth didn't. Right. So to think they wouldn't keep him off for one year, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But he'll get in eventually. He'll get the votes. You'll see it creep up each and every year. It'll be like the fifth or sixth year. And then he'll get that swing from the Boston area. And the New York writers will like it because, you know, it's wash my hand, you know, wash one's whatever the, you know, you, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, but. I don't know. I might, I might not. I wash your back, you wash mine on this because, you know, Jeter got. It's it's just a long-winded way of saying at some point he'll get in. Well, no, you make it sound a little bit there like it's preposterous he gets in. No, it's not. It's not preposterous. I mean, I, I don't I don't think if you look at the pure numbers, I have to put in my fanhood aside. If somebody had his numbers and his amount of games played and his credentials on another team, I'd look at it and go, no. I don't know. So I, I, have to take my, I have to take my Red Sox fandom out of it when I'm making that decision. Right. That's why but I, I say no. No, I get it. I get that. But I don't, I don't think it's like – Insane. If he got in, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, this is preposterous. Okay. Hey, there's some players in there I feel are far less deserving than Dustin Pedroia, who got in. I love Petey. I hope he gets in just so I can see one more Pedroia interview. I mean, can you imagine the comic relief I mean, on his enshrinement ceremony? It'll probably be over Zoom because this crap's never ending. Not to mention if he gets in with a couple other guys and they're like 6'2, six, 6'3, six, and he's. God, if he goes into Sam Uras Ortiz somehow. Uh, no way. Oh, no, Ortiz is retired. Yeah, he's going in late two years. Yeah, never mind. Ortiz is, Ortiz is probably yeah, probably a year or two away from yeah. being on the list, and they're going to they're gonna push him off. Yeah, they'll put him right in. I, I don't know. Well, no, 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 no. no. They're going to put him within the first few years. First few years, yes. Yeah. First year, no. I don't know, dude. He had a lot of big impact players. Yeah, I, um, the, what was it? Mitchell Report? Okay. Yeah, Mitchell report where he was on a list. A oh, list. I can make a list right now. I, I understand. I can make the official David Ortiz list of people who are most like David Ortiz, and he's on that list too. Like it doesn't. I'm not disputing that. <laughs> no, no, I get. It. I get. I'm not saying you're saying he is, but I mean, like, like I'm just trying to get. Unfortunately, as as painful as it is, I'm trying to get in the heads of these BBWA. Well, don't try that because I need a competent co-host. I understand. But I think the thing Ortiz has over all the other guys. Yeah. Media loved talking to him. Oh, yeah. There's no ill will between – not or if there is, it's few and far between. Ill will between David Ortiz and the media. It was a love affair. Every time this guy got behind the mic, he was a, a million-dollar soundbite. They're not going to keep him out very long. It would be very hard to keep David Ortiz off If the spell. hated Kurt Schilling got 71% of votes from people who hate him, well, David Ortiz going is going to get way more than that. That's going down next year. Oh, of course it is, and then he'll probably get voted in by the Veterans Committee, but we'll see when that happens. Um, all right, that's it for baseball. We actually got about 30, almost 33 minutes of baseball in here, so that's that's pretty good, and it was different topics. It wasn't all just crapping on Rob Manfred and the poor job they do there. Which we could have done. Oh, I could. 
that could be its own three-part series. <laughs> you remember Ken's Burns baseball documentary? Yeah, you'll I could probably that. rival that just talking bad about, you know, Rob Manfred. And it might actually be inter- interesting. I think a lot of it would be. And there'd be so many bleeps in the censored version, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, that's fair. But I think the first 20 minutes would be really must-listen to entertainment. Okay. Well, we apparently know nothing about trades and trade value in the NFL. Correct. Um, Matthew Stafford, who we suggested might be worth a second-round pick due to his age um, and the fact that he hadn't really, even though he's been a great player, you weren't sure if it was, you know, big fish in a small pond syndrome or if it was he was actually that good. Well, Los Angeles Rams want to find out. And they paid. Because this past week, they sent former first overall pick, Jared Goff, who, by the way, signed a, what was a five-year, $140 million contract extension a few years ago. And this upcoming season will actually be uh, the first year of that extension. Uh, how how bad did you have to play for a team that thought you were the future and give you $140, 160000000 million to all of a sudden, yeah, we're going to send you to Detroit. So, so the Lions got Jared Goff and two first-round picks. Two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. Now... Understand this. It was kind of like a few years ago when Brock Osweiler, who signed a massive contract with the Texans before they got Deshaun Watson, uh, they quickly realized what a mistake they made, the Texans did, and wanted to get rid of Osweiler. And they sent Osweiler and a second-round pick to the Browns because they had to get rid of him. And the only way they are going to get rid of him in that contract was to sweeten the pot, which is what the second-round pick was for. This is kind of like that, where the Rams know they made a franchise financial crippling decision by way, way, way overpaying for what is a just above average quarterback in Jared Goff, who had immense talent at receiver and running back and offensive line and an elite defense, and with the exception of the Super Bowl year, has really done a whole lot of nothing. Uh, so they knew in order to get out from under that, they had to make it a very sweet deal. And I say they probably did the best they could with that situation. They sent two first round picks and Goff, and they got a guy who is going to be more competent, but I mean, Stafford's had good receivers too. I don't know if it's anything near the caliber of a Cooper cup and a Robert Woods and the running back situation is certainly better there. Although DeAndre Swift looks pretty good. But he's going to have a real defense. He's going to have Sean McVay, who isn't going to have to baby him nearly the way he had to baby Jared Goff. So, I mean, I still feel like the Lions won this. Oh, absolutely. Because they get two first-round picks, which is, you know, guys are going to, you know, they're going to have for five years, you know, a minimum four years that are going to be high-end because – the Rams are going to be a good team, but they're not going to be, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, even with Stafford. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this was surprising. I mean, this happened, I think, literally the day after we said he's worth a second round pick at most. Maybe the Patriots can throw their 15th overall pick at him and, and get him. And, and from what I hear, um, Mr. Stafford went to his Lions management and said, hey, I want to be traded anywhere but New England. Yeah. So people have been having a whole ton of fun with that. Uh, a lot of people who don't really know what they're talking about. Nobody wants to play there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to look at – it's pretty evident Matthew Stafford did not have – a good relationship with former head coach Matt Patricia, who came from New England before he went to Detroit and has come back to New England since being fired by Detroit. So I think it was a whole lot to do about lot to do about nothing when he said I don't want to play in New England. Just want to be around Matt and Patricia, that's all. Like maybe the cold too, but I don't know. Um that's think, fine. If the price was two first round picks <laughs> and a former first overall pick, good luck, LA. I think your point, you made a point um, when we talked about this first. We haven't really heard from Stafford yet. No. So I think we take what we hear from the rumor mill, the grapevine, whatever you want to call it, and, and take it with a grain of salt. And understand that now maybe he didn't want to play in the, on the same team with Matt Patricia because obviously there's rumors. Either rumors are it's been confirmed. I'm still not 100% sure that Patricia will be back with the Patriots in some capacity. I can understand his issues on being on the same team as Matt Patricia. It's fine. And you don't want to play in the cold? Look, he played in a dome for his entire career. And then before that, at Georgia, it's in the South, and it's in a dome. And now he's going to L.A. So Now he's going to L.A. I don't blame him if that's what he wants. I'm just saying, and I agree with you, where does that take the Rams? Uh, you're, you're, you're staring up at the Seahawks. For, for whatever issues they have, the Seahawks, maybe they fix them. Maybe they reinvest in the running game. And then you have to factor in Kyler Murray taking that next step with DeAndre Hopkins next year and that offense becoming an elite-level offense paired with some very good defensive players. All I'm saying is it's not going to be a cupcake for them to run through that NFC West for even a wild-card spot. I think they wanted to get rid of the contract, which I think is what this is all about. And they saw a chance to add. I mean, I think Stafford's an upgrade over Koff. Yeah. But like you said, what does does it bring them to better than the you know the best team in the division? Probably means to be seen, but probably not. I mean, again, if if it really was a case of Matthew Stafford just being so much better than the rest of the team in Detroit, that's why he put up those big numbers. And he goes out there and kills it. And he has more than one really good receiver. Uh, I mean, I know Marvin Jones Jr. gets a lot of credit, but Marvin Jones Jr. is about as inconsistent as you can get at a receiver. Um, he's going to have Cooper Cup. He's going to have Robert Woods. He's going to have a couple of running backs that can catch. 
uh, the other, the Reynolds kid, I can't remember his first name, but the Reynolds kid, he's not a bad receiver. They got some good tight ends. He's going to have the best weapons collectively he's ever had in his career. And they got, um, um, Sean Jefferson's kid. Yeah. Jefferson as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is the best offense Stafford's played on. So if he's going to, if he's actually this elite overall talent, that people have been kind of speculating he would have been if he wasn't in Detroit. Now we're going to find out. I don't know, honestly, because you look at Stafford's mechanics, and he looks like a damn solid quarterback. I don't know if it's enough to elevate him. If he really is that much better and the Lions are just holding him back, then L.A. made a steal of a move by getting at a price they can afford. And the Lions also did a pretty good move because they can release him after this year. Uh, uh, golf, that is. Not that much of a penalty. And they still get two first-round picks. I think it's after um, this this coming season. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah you're right. You're right on yeah, they can release them after this. I mean, there might be some dead cap. Um, it, it's, it's – they're basically just – like, for both players, this is how I see it. Both players, it's basically a two-year show me. Right. Because Stafford's got – Zero dead cap. Like they, if if they got into it, let's let's say the Rams got to week eight and they're zero and eight, and they just want to bail out on the season for the highest draft pick, they could cut them and have no no loss, except for the fact that they just traded two first round picks. Would it be something if they turned around and flipped them? I mean, that would be something. That, they got, if you got out from underneath Goff's contract, ended up flipping him for a first-round pick and a player, a couple more first-round picks, and uh, ended up out from underneath all those contracts with no dead cap, and they could get somebody out of it. That 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 would be a move. Because right, as of right now, the next time the L.A. Rams have a first-round pick, it will be seven years from their previous first-round pick, which was the aforementioned traded Jared Goff. So they're not going to have a first rounder until 2024, 2025, I believe. So so that's why I think it's a two-year it's a two-year plan for both both players. Um because like you just said, Rams they don't have a, a first round pick for this coming draft, the next one or the next one after yeah. that. So basically, they're going to be playing with Stafford until they feel like it's over with golf. You're right. There is some dead cap. It's 15, five. Um, if they cut him before next year, but before the beginning of next of the 2022 season, do you know how many teams would trade 15.5 million just for two first round picks? Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, both teams and I've, I've, oh. I've dogged the Lions organization a lot for making, just being absolutely terrible at drafting and making poor decisions. This was a good move. If Stafford wanted out, it was good. And I think this one, if I'm the Lions, I look at this and say, okay, reasonably, where are we at in the building process? Who they hire as their head coach? Uh, Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah, Dan Campbell. The dude. Mm. Well, we'll see. Where are we at and how far do we need to get to the point where we're competitive in a division with the Green Bay Packers? The Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Maybe it's not that much, 
but you have two years with Jared Goff. One, if you if you if you're willing to eat that fifteen five, it's one. But two years after two seasons, there's nothing left. There's just his regular, um, regular contract. So, I think I think after that, uh, before that time frame that happens when they have to cut bait, I say they may they might cut bait and just go into the draft at that point. I said we were going to stop trying to predict. Um, yeah, the last set off about ten minutes. Yeah, because whether it was for cap space or to get out from under contracts or not, the the fact of the matter is a 32-year-old former first-round pick was traded for a 25, 26-year-old former first overall pick. 27? 27-year-old, uh, either way. Much younger, five years younger, and two first-round picks. He was basically thrown uh, in there. What's that? He was basically thrown in there just to... Yeah, get rid of the contract. Just to get Absolutely. rid of the contract. Absolutely. So, we had that. Uh, that deal go down. So there's some other players around the league who potentially either want trades or maybe traded. Uh, I saw something today on the Raiders possibly trying to move Derek Carr. And they gave six possible destinations. You know, the, you know, the usual suspects, the Patriots, the Colts, the uh, Washington football team. Bears. Bears, I forgot the other two, but every single offer included two first-round picks. For, I'm, for so, I'm sorry. Derek Carr. For Derek Carr. For Derek Carr. Look, it sounds asinine to me, but based on what we've seen, we just saw a guy who I don't think has ever played in a playoff game, if, if he has, it's been one game, get traded for a, a 27-year-old former franchise quarterback and two first-round picks. So for whatever the reason was behind that, and I know what the reasons were, we just went over them, that's not going to matter. The fact is, Matthew Stafford just got two first-round picks and a franchise quarterback for him. That's the market. And Derek Carr's produced a little bit more in his career than Stafford, playoff-wise. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's potential there. You saw what Gruden could do with, with Derek Carr. Um, I think a guy like Frank Wright, a guy like Bill Belichick, a guy like Ron Rivera could do a hell of a lot more with him. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but on the right team he doesn't need to be. But two first-round picks? Oof. I mean, some of them had, you know, uh, the one for the Patriots I think was two – Two first-round picks and Jared Stidham, and they got Carr in a fourth-round pick or something like that. And I'm like, I, I mean, it, it would actually would make more sense for a team like the Patriots who have cap space, yeah, know how to win, and are going to get a lot of their COVID opt-outs back as well as some injured players back. If you could get a quarterback who's still in his prime, you give up the 15th pick, and you're assuming he's going to make you at least a playoff contender. Right. So you're going to have a 15 pick and a pick that's probably, you know, even if they do the, you know, the uh, extended playoffs again next year, 18 to 20 at minimum. So you're giving up two of those for a guy who has a lot of potential. It's a possibility. Uh, another one we heard today 
was apparently the Vikings are taking offers for Kirk Cousins. Who would have thunk that wouldn't work out? I mean. A guaranteed contract for, yeah, okay. So, I I guess what I hear is the offer from the 49ers was a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and Jimmy Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins. Apparently, the Vikings want a first-round pick and Jimmy Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins. So, all that leads me Mm -hmm. back to, if this is the actual price, there's two teams in the league that can afford Deshaun Watson. The Jets and the Dolphins. Jets and the Dolphins. That's only because they have two first-round picks that are known known quality. Make that three. Detroit Lions. Oh, they just oh they have, they just acquired two on top of what they have every but, year. But with the Dolphins and the and the Jets, two of their first round picks are known quality. They're they're this year. Yes. The disadvantage that every other team has is outside of this year's pick. Every other pick is unknown quality. I get that. I need you to put your bias aside for half a second. I know it's tough. You line up. Jared Goff mm-hmm. to uh, Tag Vailoa. To Tonga Vailoa. Tonga Vailoa. I almost had it. Almost. And Sam Darnold. Okay. And you say, you get one of these three guys and three first-round picks. Who do you take? Which team is going to be bad longer? Because if you're smart, if you're the Texans, you're taking that team's first-round picks, not the picks they traded for, because the Rams are going to be a playoff team next year. How far they go, I don't know. But if Goff got them there, Stafford's certainly going to get them there. That's true. So you're not going to take theirs. You're going to take the Lions picks because the Lions are in rebuilding mode. So you could have a top five pick for the next three years. And the guy who con- whose contract you can cut if things don't work out. Or you can get a completely unproven rookie in Tua. Or Sam Darnold who sees Ghost and you have no idea what you got. Who do you take? I don't have. I, I honestly don't know. You have to crunch the numbers. I'm just saying, if you're the Texans, it's something to think about. And if you're Deshaun Watson, if I was Watson, I'd want to go to the Jets. I know it sounds crazy, but there's a lot of reasons I talked about last episode yeah. or two episodes ago. You almost talked to him. A great, you know, but I, I assume will be a great new young head coach. A good, solid offensive line. You know they're going to probably bring in some talent at receiver. Uh, I think they're going to sign Aaron Jones. Like this is a you know good defense. This is a team that could be on the rise, and you will be deified if you come in there and you turn that team from two wins and a second overall pick to even a competitive playoff run. Yeah. I mean, you will at, walk look, on look water. At Rick, look at Rex Ryan and, and Mark Sanchez. Yeah. They, they were like kings for a few years because back-to-back AFC championship games, they beat the big bad Patriots in the yep. playoffs. It's, 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 it's all there for Deshaun Watson if he really wants it. It just depends on – Not weather-wise, <laughs> Miami all day. Right. But, I mean, if you really want the glory, you really want the spotlight, you really want to turn the franchise around – you go to the Jets, because let's face it, even after that contract's up, you still got years to play. Yeah. It's that bad and it's not working out. You play another five years there, and you're only 30. 
you avoid major injury and move on to someone else and play there for five to seven years. I mean, it's <laughs> Deshaun Watts is the kind of guy who we saw with the Texans this year can turn a team around, can make them better than they appear on paper. And there's still the, you know, does he have it between the years? Because even when he had those big players, he didn't exactly set the world on fire in the playoffs. It's a lot of things in the air, but you take a run, you take you take a flyer on a guy like Deshaun, even four multiple first round picks. But we're gonna move on to our Super Bowl. Um, as long as you're done with Deshaun, I mean, just if you had to guess right now, yeah, where's Deshaun go? How many first round picks? Miami Dolphins, three first round picks, Tua Tungabailoa, and another player. I don't think he gets traded. You think Nick Nick's gonna hold 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 the ground? Because he's pretty determined. Like he's pretty determined that he's a not available, and b we're we're planning on him being our starting quarterback. Yeah, and when he doesn't show up, we'll cross that bridge. They seem dead if he doesn't show up, him. then he's violating his contract. He right. doesn't get paid, so he's, he's, he's not, not going to do paid, that. And he's going to get fined, and he's going to have to give up his guaranteed money that exactly. he already has. Exactly, he's not doing that. This is all posturing. I don't, I don't think he's going to get traded because I don't think anyone's going to give him the value. Nick is Nick. Nick Casario is going to have to. What, what you saw, the Lions get. Is is half. Of what you would get from Deshaun Watson. Half. Yeah, someone was saying two first round picks, two second round picks, two third round picks, and, and at least two, oh no, two first, two seconds, and at least two defensive starters. I say it's going to at least be three first round picks. Yeah, there's, there's three first, maybe two seconds, and a player. Like, if, it's, you don't, if, if your first round pick offer isn't three, don't even, yeah, take don't it out even the call the Houston Texans. Because Casario is not even going to pick up a phone call for less than three first round picks. It's it's just not even non negotiable. And if I'm the Jets, first of all, thank God I'm not. Yeah. Sorry, I got to add that in there, guys. Look, I, I've I've been I've been giving you some praise the last couple of weeks. I'm still a Patriots fan. I got to take that shot still. Um, but if you know if I'm the Jets, I I don't I don't give up what they want for him. I don't think you've seen the best of Sam Darnold. You have. A monster in Mackay Becton. You have the second overall pick. You can trade that down. I think they should. And somebody's going to take Justin Fields at number two. You can do what the Niners and uh, the Bears did a few years ago. Trade one spot and clean up. Yeah. I don't know who stirred on the uh, who stirred the overall. It's a team that doesn't need a quarterback, I think. Okay. Well, either way, you can trade to the next team you think needs a quarterback. Oh, and probably for a King's Ransom. It's Dolphins. Dolphins? Dolphins are, I believe, uh, Dolphins are three. Oh, okay. They, yeah, they may do it the next team needed a quarterback, um, which they may or may not. Jury's out. But you trade that pick, still get a really good either receiver, offensive lineman, and build your team around Darnold, Robert Sala, I still think Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, Over the next, you know, four to six years minimum. And you have all these first-round picks and all this talent and all this cap room. I know it's really, really fun to look on the look on the field and see Deshaun Watson wearing a Jets jersey. I just don't know if it's worth it. All of that 
for Watson. All of that can go away with one wrong move and a blown-out knee for a dude who's already torn an ACL. I'm not saying he's not great. I'm not saying he's not worth it. But it's just it's a lot to ask for a guy who's never proved it when it mattered most. I'll stand by my comment I made weeks ago. Who they, who they were going to hire, whether offense or defensive-minded coach, was going to determine the, the path they take with the quarterback. And since they hired a defensive-minded head coach, they're going to go with the path of keeping Sam Darnold. I'm not 100% sure where they're going to go in the draft yet. Still looking into that. But I just I just got this feeling that it's I'm going to build the defense. I'm going to I'm going to coach them up. And Sam, just go out there and don't lose me the game. Manage it. Right. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think if if I had to put a number on it, I'd say 55% sure that Watson will get traded to the Dolphins. Did you say 54%? 55%. 55. Okay, good. I was going to say 54. That's just ridiculous. Okay, well, I didn't know I was dealing with a mathematician here, but um, I will I will put that in the calculator and see what comes up. All right, we know what's coming up this Sunday. Yep. Super Bowl 55. The GOAT. Greatest of all time. Former Patriots, great. Now, Buccaneers living legend, Tom Brady. He's only been there for one season. What's that? He's only been there for one season. I mean, if you ask everybody else, he's the only reason that New England ever won. Never mind great coaching and cap management. But that's a whole different argument. Um, We'll we'll see you next year. (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) you know, against against the guy who, man, how many (laughs) – all I saw what you said about Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Jesus, it's it's looking like he can blow away just about everything any quarterback's ever done if he stays healthy, which is always a caveat. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, I mean, I don't know where to go with this because I didn't think I didn't think the Bucks were going to beat the Saints. I didn't think they were going to go into Green Bay in January and beat the Packers. I picked Washington over them because how much pressure they can get on a quarterback, but I was proven wrong there too. Uh, Tom Brady is again proving that while at the end of the day he may have some games where he throws three picks and doesn't look great, he does what he has to do to get the job done. And let's not forget he has immense talent around him, which isn't a knock. That's just the situation he's in. It was smart on him to choose that and not go play for a team that sucked. So not knocking it, just saying. Um, against the Chiefs, who just seem to win out of habit. I mean, it's just they even games they shouldn't win. Even games they're playing poorly for two and a half quarters. Even when Patrick Mahomes gets, you know, knocked out with, with a concussion in, in the third quarter of the AFC championship game or divisional game, excuse me. They still win. They're still here. Uh, the Bills who were mowing people down all year, no problem. What happens in this game? I think I think we're going to see kind of the same situation that happens with the Chiefs. They're going to have a slow start. We have to respect 
the Buccaneers defense. It, it's been playing pretty damn good for most of the season. Both these defenses are vastly underrated. But I think it, it's it's that quarter. It's that quarter when the Chiefs just – you blink and there's 28 on the board and you don't even know how they got it there. Right. It's just whether it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, McCarl Harmon. It, it just – for some reason – they just light up the scoreboard in an instance. And I'll tell you what. Kelsey's not of this earth. No. He, <laughs> he's he not. Does, he's not. That dude's ridiculous. He does He does stuff that tight ends yeah, realistically it's, it's, shouldn't it's do. It's absurd. I, I just don't I – don't, I don't buy that any defensive back can cover Tyreek Hill in the league period. You can play coverages to kind of subdue him. Yeah. I just don't know if – that who's their defensive coordinator? I can't remember who it is. Um, I want to say it's Raheem Morris, but I'm not 100% sure. I just don't know if they have the acumen on that defense to play the coverage and the discipline needed to keep Tyreek Hill under guard because you have to factor in the other thing. Travis Kelsey in the middle is very dynamic, and you're going to put Devin White to cover him. I mean, it's a good matchup. But Travis Kelsey still gets the the check in his box. It's just a tough matchup. And if you get ahead by 14, 17 points, I don't think the Bucs got it in them to come back quick enough. Uh, The Bucs team, with the exception of Tom Brady, are are vastly unproven in the playoffs. I know LeSean McCoy actually won the Super Bowl last year with the Chiefs, but who knows if he even plays. Uh, the running back tandem of Fournette and uh, who's the other kid? Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones have been very good when needed this year. I mean, I only say when needed because there's been some pretty passing games. They haven't really been needed. Uh, Evans was hobbled a few weeks ago. Antonio Brown missed the NFC Championship game, and he says he's going to play in the Super Bowl, but he's going to be limited. Chris Godwin's been dealing with injuries. Uh, that defense has been vastly underrated, but they're very good, but they're young. And you got Patrick Mahomes, who makes things happen out of thin air. I I don't – look, I don't want to continue to sit here and just praise this guy up and down, but every time I watch him play, he does something special. Every single time. And you want to you want to discredit him because you want to bring him back down to earth and make him human. But the fact is, he's just not. And the receivers and the defensive playmakers and the big stage, it's it's. I say all that to say Bucks by three. They still um, find a way to win. No, I. I they I still guess. find. Look, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, and it's going to be a tale of two halves. I say field goal as time expires. I say I say it's Chiefs by six and Tom Brady's gonna have the ball, but I think this is I think we're looking at a repeat of the Eagle Super the second Eagle Super Bowl where just something's gonna go awry that's he's gonna force the ball somewhere where he shouldn't and it's it's gonna be a turnover. I'm gonna say this. If Nick Foles can beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl where he throws over five hundred yards, yeah, Tom Brady can beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like I mean, it, it, can, it, yeah. I, this isn't a dog on either team. This is like 
And look, I am completely aware I could be absolutely wrong. The Bucks could fail to show up and they could lose by 40 and they could be over by the half. I get it. I'm just saying, the experience of Brady, the impact that he has made on that team. And it's not just him. I get it. And I get frustrated too because he's doing good down there with an all-star team. And the Patriots struggled with a bunch of opt-outs and contracts that expired. And all of a sudden, he's the only reason they ever won. I get it. I still cannot take away what the man did up here for 20 years. There were a lot of games where something other than him caused us to win. And there were a lot of other games where the way he played was the reason we won. He was, without a doubt, one of the two largest factors of this team's success over the past 20 years. And I just think, you know, this game just reminds me of a setup like the AFC Championship game two years ago when the Patriots went into Kansas City and they had already beaten them in a regular season. They surprised them. Then the Chiefs went on a run and just looked unstoppable. Mahomes won the MVP. Everybody said Bucks are, or Bucks, Jesus, I'm getting confused. You know, the Bucks are involved in the Patriots' legacy. Um, you know, everybody said, Chiefs are going to win this game by 30. It's going to be a massacre. And the Patriots won in overtime. And Brady looked great and had an awesome game. And he has far better weapons this time than he had in that game. Granted, the coaching isn't the same. That's that's The coaching isn't the same. But there's more raw talent. I agree. Where does the scales tip as far as the talent of the coaching? Uh, that's the problem. It, it's You're going to find out. Obviously, we're going to see because it's going to be happen on the field. But... The trick with the Chiefs is if you can preach discipline. Because even, even if you look at the Patriots, a disciplined team, well coached by Bill Belichick, they have still been beaten by the Chiefs. Right. Because they got out of discipline, because they were trying to make a play, because because of this, because of that. And it's, it's, a, it's a domino effect. This happened, this happened. And it's just you're trying to recover, and it, it just – and then all of a sudden – Tyreek Hill, 70 yards because he got behind you. Right. And and Patrick Mahomes just floated it out just enough ahead of him for, for Tyreek Hill to catch it and take it for six. That's the problem. It's discipline. Is can your defense play discipline football against the Kansas City Chiefs and realize they're going to get some of theirs? It's how many times... Can you prevent that from happening? And I don't know if they have the discipline. And that's that's where I stand on that. And that's why I think it'll be a close game. But I think the Chiefs pull it off. I think, uh, what's your final score prediction? I want to say 34-28. 34-28. I am going to go 34-31 Bucks, And you go 34-38 Chiefs. Uh, 34-28. 34-28, excuse me, yeah. Um, fallout from either one of these teams losing? They always say the Super Bowl, Super Bowl hangover for the losing team. Uh, I don't necessarily buy it. I think a lot of times that comes down to, you know, players exiting or free agents. And I don't think there's necessarily a hangover. You win or you don't. But do you think there is any kind of consequences for either of these teams losing? I don't think so for the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs, no. The I Bucks. Think, the Bucks, it's huge. I think if you put all this work in to bringing all these players in, 
you bring in Brady, you have all the success, you come from what you were last year to what you are this year, and you don't win. I I think it's all for naught. Because you know you can't make this last long term. Brady doesn't have 10 more years to play. Mahomes is going to win more championships. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't win another Super Bowl, I will be the most shocked person on the face of the earth. He's going to win more championships. Brady was brought in for the short-term run. This entire team was put together for the short-term run. And if they don't set out to, you know, if they don't accomplish what they set out to do, which is win a Super Bowl, all of this was for naught. They're going to be in salary cap hell when all, when just everything, all this, there's going to be a receipt or a bill for all this stuff they're doing, all these players they want to sign. You know, whether it be with low draft picks or whether it be, um, you know, just uh, their cap situation seems pretty solid right now. Let's see how it looks in three or four years. There's going to be a price for all this stuff. All the, They're going to have free agents this year. They're going to have to pay. And if they win, okay, even if it's bad, you know, bad shape a couple of years, you want a Super Bowl. If you don't win and then you have those problems, it's all for not. It's going to be looked at in a negative light. It's going to be a problem. I don't think they're going to have to worry about that because I think they win the game. And they accomplish their goal. But if they don't, I'm not saying all these guys should feel terrible and hang their head and they're losers and whatever. But in the scheme of things, you win or you don't. There's a story going around by some of the Bucks players of Tom Brady coming up to them when they were crying after they won the NFC Championship game. And they were going, what the hell are you crying for? We're not done yet. We didn't win anything yet. And but that's how it is. Yeah. And, and, and so... I don't think the the Chiefs it, it doesn't really affect them too much. I don't think they'll help. They'll have some roster movement. They'll finally get rid of Sammy Watkins as they should because he's utterly useless. They have other players to replace him. They don't need him anymore. Yes. I think the interesting part is roughly there's 20 players uh, under contract for the Bucks after the 2022 season. But the bigger deal is, as you pointed out, is the free agents for this year. And that's Chris Godwin. That's um, Future Patriot Chris Godwin. I don't know about that. Hey, hey, when Belichick is standing there at the stage at Super Bowl 56 and Roger Goodell hands Mitchell Trubisky and Chris Godwin the Super Lombardi Trophy. You are, you are, you know. Fantasy answer. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even finish. We are, Sorry. We, are, we are going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I know, no, no. Keep pull us I'm, out of. Look, it's it's late. I got I got I got ribs slow cooking, man. I'm a little punchy. Like it's you know it's 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 just there's too much free agents free agents for them to just kind of I my biggest concern, Chris, would be this. They have Tom for one more season. Under contract at least. If they win it, I think it's I think it's worse if the Bucks win, because what if what if they try to run it back? How does all that money fit? It's longer term contracts. It's well, we said that about the Chiefs last year, right? And and clearly they 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 figured it out, but they they still have to work through some angles, and. We'll see what the future brings for some of their free agents. I I would just be concerned if I'm the Bucks, I go out and win that. I'm looking at some of these players and I was like, 
You do thanks. But we're all set. Well, I'm sure they'll take the awful feeling of winning a Super Bowl and having to deal with contracts over losing and having to deal with contracts. I understand, but but I I'm thinking all I can say is this is probably a different mentality than than we have because we're used to 20 years, six Super Bowls. We have to nine think, appearances. Right. We have to like we're always thinking. Okay, when we're done, like okay, who do we bring back? Who do we not bring back? You know trying to make sure the roster looks decent enough to perform on the field and not handcuff us years down the road. They might not think of that. They might, and, and they might think, well, let's run it back. Let's get all these guys back. We can do it again. That'd be my concern. They can let some of these players go into free agency. I think Shaquille Barrett wow. is a, a excellent player. It might behoove them to just say, thank you for your service. I'm sure you'll find a contract somewhere and pay, they'll pay you a lot of money. I think their biggest problem is going to be Antonio Brown because they've said they want him back. He said he wants to be back. But we've been over this. I know we have. Go talk to Bruce Arians. He's, he's Bruce Arians is the cool coach, remember? He's the cool uncle lets you come over and do whatever you want. Just ask Gronk. He's making 1.6 right now. Do you think he's going to play next year under 1.6? And even if we – No. It, it's, is that a half a season, I think? I think it's half the season. Yeah, a little bit more than half, I think. So double it up. 3.3 or 3.4, whatever it is. No, he's going to sign a legit contract. Right. Or with any, with anybody he signs with. Um, And then and if I'm Chris Godwin, I look at Scotty Miller. I look at Mike Evans. I look at... Tyler Johnson? Yeah, t- Tyler Johnson. And you look at them bringing back Antonio Brown, and I say, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. And... uh. Go get a big old payday and go be productive somewhere else. Because Chris Godwin's a top five receiving talent. Didn't show this year, though, unfortunately. Well, when there's 73 receivers, right? Like, and that's, that's it doesn't work. And then you go, and then you get to the running back situation between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and Fournette's not going to want it. No, Fournette knows that though. He knows it, yeah. but he's not going to want chump change. It, it's no, that, he knows he's not. No, I, I think it would. It helps the Bucks if they lose. Because, wow, I know I'm a, I'm a I'm I'm gonna have to uh, reacquaint you with Bill Belichick because those are words that should never be spoken. That is preposterous. It, it, just, prof- it, it behooves you to lose. I think I think it. I think they may, they might become delusional if they win and they're gonna try to run it back and they're gonna try to fit everyone under this salary cap. And as you pointed out, it's gonna put it, it'll put them in salary cap hell. But it, just because you want to doesn't mean you can fit 15 pounds of crap in a five pound bag. It doesn't mean you can do it just because you want to. Like, they still have the cap restrictions. They can still only do what they can only do. But Bruce Arians is the cool uncle. He'll make it work. That's fine. But he's not a mathematician. You don't know that. You know, I don't know that. Maybe maybe Mr. Arians is quite talented at math. Either way, there is no benefit to them losing. You Do you really think if Shaquille Barrett wants uh, Chris Jones money, yeah. win or lose, he's going to go to them and say, you know what? We lost. You go ahead and knock twenty million dollars off that contract. He's gonna want fat money no, regardless. No, he'll still want his. But... So will so will uh so will Antonio Brown. Right. So will Chris Godwin. So will all these guys. They know they need to win for the fa- for the sake of the franchise. If they do all this and they have all this talent and they don't win, it was all for naught. I mean, yeah. I agree with that. And if they do win, 
then we deal with whatever fallout comes from that. And we do it with the Super Bowl ring and the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, the next couple years are probably going to suck. But at least we did what we set out to do. So, I'm good if you're all set. Anything else? Yeah. I'm all set. Okay. That is going to wrap it up, rather confusingly, for episode 115. If you have any questions or comments for Ben and I on this episode or past episodes, we would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website, bctspod.com. All right, don't forget, Super Bowl this Sunday. If you haven't filled out your, your football squares for all of you that partake in that game, make sure to get that done rather quickly. Uh, I'm not promoting gambling, just good old-fashioned fun. Downloads continue to rise. Thank you all very much for that. That's because of you guys out there listening and spreading the word, showing us support. Uh, if you feel so inclined, if you have not yet, maybe leave a rating and a review and tell another friend. As I've stated in the past, I only have like two or three, but hopefully for your sake and the sake of the download numbers of this show, you have more than that. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.